Welcome to The Dental Brief, the world's direct, right-to-the-point podcast produced to get you the information you need to learn and grow your practice. To learn more about our guests and find links to information discussed on our show, visit our website, dentalbrief.com. On to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome uh, to today's episode. I am here with uh, Dr. Matthew Lee of North Star Dental in Greeley, Colorado. Dr. Lee um, recently acquired a practice after serving in the United States uh, Air Force. Dr. Lee, we want to thank you for your service, first and foremost, and welcome you to the show. Thanks. Appreciate it. Hey, Dr. Lee, why don't, you, um, why don't you elaborate a little bit on what I just went over and, and uh, give our audience a little bit of a history on your practice and um, what's that, what that's been like for you so far? Yeah, so I was in the Air Force for several years. Um, kind of always knew I wanted to acquire a practice when I got out. Uh, the one I found was a practice that had been pretty well established. The dentist had been there for uh, several decades. His dad before him, the practice had existed since the 40s. So this wow. was a very, very long-term patient base. Um, so I was stepping into a practice that was sort of a pillar of the community. People people knew it well. People knew him. Um, and so um, there was quite a reputation to live up to. Some of these patients are in their 50s and 60s, and they've never had another dentist than this guy and his dad. And so um, it was kind of a big deal to step into that role. But um, yeah, that was that's kind of the nature of the practice that I got into was a, kind of a bread and butter um just long-term community type practice. So got it. Got it. So let me ask you a couple of really quick questions. Was the, um, the practice um, that you acquired, did you acquire the practice because of, um, location, because it was just frankly available and for sale? What, what attracted you to the specific practice? So my wife and I were looking, my wife's not a dentist, but she gets a say in where we live, you know? <laughs> so sure. we were looking yeah. anywhere between Colorado Springs and Fort Collins, north to the south and kind of east to west of that a little bit. So we were pretty open. Um, I looked at a lot of practices. This one kind of checked a lot of boxes for me. Um, production was good. Overhead was good. Um, the staff had great attitudes. He had been there so long that I felt like his endorsement was going to go a long way. Um, and the practice had been healthy in that location for a long time. And so it it checked a lot of boxes for us. It seemed to be kind of the patient base that I was looking at. Um, he's not totally fee for service, but he does do, you know, 10, 15% fee for service, but still a lot of insurance patients. Um, he was doing the type of dentistry that I was used to doing in the air force. And so the whole thing sort of fit my personality well. Um, and it was an, it was a pretty smooth transition from what I was doing in the air force to kind of doing the same type of stuff in private practice on, on a smaller practice scale. So how long ago did the transition happen? So the transition happened in July of 2019. So we kind of did all the paperwork for a few months up to that point. And then uh, in the last summer was when we switched over. He left completely. There was no overlap. Um, he was gone. And three days later, I was in. So that was how oh, we wow. did that. Awesome. Hey, so let me um, kind of jump into um, our format and the questions that we asked. So um, if you had to or if you could help um, identify a common problem that practices have, and this could be a problem that they know they have or they, or they don't have. Um, what would one of those problems be that you think you could uh, shed some insight on for, for dentists and, and practice owners out there? Yeah. So particularly for a dentist that's coming into an acquisition, um, I think the biggest problem is thinking of every patient as 
not thinking of them as a dollar sign necessarily, but thinking of them as like, all right, I have to convince this patient that this treatment needs to be done as soon as possible, or they're never going to come back. Like I've got right now to close this deal. Um, I think that's totally the wrong way to handle that because patients can see that, you know, patients know, um, when you're trying to do those kind of things. And, and if you're acting desperate or feeling like this is my practice now, and, and I've got to kind of do as much as I can in a short amount of time, I, I disagree with that. I think there's better ways to handle that kind of stuff. So how, how, what's a great way to handle it? Do you think? So I think first of all, it's using the technology you have available and being willing to teach the patient. So intraoral photos, I think are probably the biggest thing. Um, sure. Just showing the patient what you see, you don't really have to much of a story if you do that. Um, I like to think of every treatment plan presentation as planting a seed and not trying to rip the plant out of the ground that day. Um, yeah. If it grows that day, that's great. I mean, if a patient's like, yeah, let's do it now. And I, we've got time, like I us go do the crown now. But you're planting the seed because you're showing them that you have the expertise to handle their problem. You're kind enough and that you're the person that they want to see to handle this, regardless of when that is. Because eventually that patient's going to come back, whether that's three months from now or six months from now or a year from now. But what's going to happen is as you're practicing for three, six, 12 months, suddenly those patients that you did see all that time ago are starting to book now and you progressively get busier, but you're getting busier, not with desperation, trying to convince everybody today to get work done. It's, it's the patients that you planted those seeds with a long time ago and they've told their friends how great you are. We've had a lot of patients that have just appreciated the fact that we weren't pushy and we said, we'll be here when you need us. I mean, that's, we're, we're here for you when you're ready. Um, and they, they tell their friends that stuff because a, a lot of dentists don't do that. And especially if you're in an acquisition, there can be, there can, it can feel like there's pressure at the beginning to try to convince patients to do stuff now, 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 and they can tell that. And I just, it's not necessary. You got to give yourself some leeway. It'll all catch up eventually. Um, so just treat them the right way up front. Yeah. So knowing a little bit of history and backstory, Dr. Lee, I know that you, you came right from the Air Force directly into owning your practice, correct? There wasn't really much of a, uh, there was no in-between transition, correct? No, straight from the Air Force. I literally, the day I checked out of the Air Force, I drove to Greeley and had my first staff meeting. It was the same day. So it was, there was zero transition. Um, so is there, do you think there's a big curve between the way that you um, present, um, treatment plans in the, the military compared to the way you do in private practice? Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. I was talking about this earlier with somebody is it's easier than I thought it would be in private practice because patients are paying to come see you in the air force. We have a lot of people that probably wouldn't come see us because they don't really want to see the dentist, but they have to. Um, and so I have not found it to be that hard, but you do need to explain it to them in the air force. You could be like, yeah, your tooth's cracked and you need a crown and they don't really have a say in it, <laughs> sure. um, take photos and do that kind of stuff in the air force. Um, but I found patients much more receptive in private practice. If you do that stuff and I haven't, I thought I was going to get more pushback of like, Oh, well, I don't know about that, blah, blah, blah. But if you're kind and you show them pictures, um, patients, they're paying for your opinion. So it's not as hard as I thought it would be coming from the air force presenting treatment and stuff. So how would you suggest that someone make a transition between, um, you know, between maybe being a bit too aggressive um, and the way they present home um, treatment plans and, and doing it in a way that 
um, is more feasible for both you and the patient and is obviously more successful in getting people the uh, treatment that they need. Um, what's an actionable plan that you could put together that somebody could put together um, that would help do that? What would this? What are the steps that you take to ensure that you're presenting um, cases in a, in a way that's uh, highly effective? Um, I think you have to imagine yourself as building a relationship with that person as the main priority. Um, the dentistry is secondary to that. If they trust you and they believe what you're saying, they will eventually get that work done. Um, I don't, I mean, as far as there being steps to it, I think that's the first step. Um, the second step is having a good plan in place when they do call back. Um, so making sure that whatever you guys did talk about gets in the notes so that if they do call back, they don't feel like they're having the discussion all over again with the office manager or somebody like that. So making sure you're making good notes at that treatment plan presentation, if they had specific concerns, um, but building the relationship first, treating them like a person, letting them know that you're there to serve them. Um, and you, and you'll be there when they're ready to have that treatment done, whenever that is, I think is, is the way to handle it. And that's the first step. And then I think everything kind of flows from that. Got it. Makes sense. So we always like to have our, um, our guest um, give recommendations, not necessarily on someone to use or someone to work with, uh, whether it's a consultant or, um, you know, someone who does business development, or even if it's a book for that matter. Um, we don't want them to, to um, actually pick um, or tell or recommend someone, but basically what's the process of, of um, finding solutions to these types of problems? In other words, in this situation and what you described is, um, or, or how would you, um, what would you recommend for someone who wants to learn more, I guess is the bottom line. Um, are there books yeah, that you it, like? Are there authors that you like? Is there seminars you've been to? Tell me about that. I think it's really easy to like try to find some of the newer stuff that's out there or like tips and tricks and stuff. But like in all the books I've read and all the stuff I've learned, I still think some of those older staples are really where people can lean on for this kind of stuff. Books like E-Myth and Good to Great. Um, how to win friends and influence people like some of those books that have been around for a while and people have expounded on them since then. But um, those are very foundational books and it, and it all comes back to treating people the right way first. And then everything else will come from that. It's, you have to manage the finances and you have to think about the fees you're charging and all of those kind of things. But um, yeah, I think probably how to win friends and influence people is a great one. Um, there's lots sure. of other books. Um, there's a book called Charisma Myth, which is a really good book about having the confidence to, to be honest with people um, and believe in what you're telling them because you have to believe what you're saying or they're not going to believe it either and that kind of stuff. But Right. Um, by, de by definition, you can't, fake, uh, you can't fake sincerity, right? By definition. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Like, If yeah. you get in a situation where you feel, you kind of feel it in your gut, like you're not really believing what you're saying, um, you're probably not on the right track. <laughs> yeah. Um, You've, you've got to believe it too. And patients will, they'll see that. I mean, they'll see if you really believe what you're saying um, to them, you know? Yeah. That's, that's excellent advice. Um, Dr. Lee, we want to thank you very much for uh, coming on our podcast today and sharing that wisdom with people. Um, you know, we wish you a tremendous amount of success in your practice, which is North Star Dental um, in Greeley. Um, feel free to check them out. Dr. Lee served on the country and the United States Air Force, and we appreciate that. Uh, Dr. Lee, thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, thanks a lot, Patrick. Good to talk to you. All right, All right take care. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Did you know you can weigh in on today's topic on Facebook? 
Search The Dental Brief on Facebook or visit our website, dentalbrief.com, and just follow the link. We look forward to having you join us again on another episode of The Dental Brief.